Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, welcome to the Rifleman Radio Show. The Rifleman Radio Show is brought to you by the Appleseed Project, which is a sole project of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. The Appleseed Project is dedicated to bringing you the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the United States today. I mean the absolute best. We worked really long and really hard by getting our program down, and we do an absolute fantastic job of this, of teaching folks the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship and at the same time speaking to them about what their duty is and about the men and women who stood together in ranks on April 19, 1775, what they, why they did that, what they had in mind for the nation. You'll be able to find these Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Weekends Every weekend of the year at a location within reasonable driving distance of you. And the best way to do that is go to rwva.org. That's the home page. On the home page, look at the uh, tabs across the top. The second from the left says Appleseed. You click on that, you'll get a drop-down menu. On the drop-down menu, click Schedule. That will take you to a page 
that has a map of the United States on it. You can either click on your state to find locations within your state, or embedded in the text above the map is a hot link that will take you to all of the events across the nation. Now, once you've done this, once you've gotten there and looked at the events, don't just think about going to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event. Go ahead and select one and go. You can think about things. You can think about doing things your whole life. You can say, you know what, someday I ought to do this, and someday I ought to do that. And those will all be things that will escape you. Unless at that moment when you think, I ought to do this, you actually do it. That's the difference between the folks who get things done and the folks who allow things to escape them in their lives. All right, once you've selected a location that you'd like to attend, you can look uh, to the right of it. There will be two other hot links. The first one says information. That will give you information for that specific event the event at that specific location. And that will tell you uh, the directions on how to get there, who's hosting it, uh, contact information for the folks, etc. And then right below that is another link that says register. All right? Now, as I said, don't just think about going to an event. When you're looking uh, at these events, go ahead and pick one right then and there and register for it. Click on the register link. It will take you to the third-party software, which for us is Eventbrite. While you're at the Eventbrite page, you can click on the registration. And in just a second, I'll tell you uh, the different categories and stuff that we have. And also on the Eventbrite page, it's set up so that you can also become a member of uh, the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. $20 for a one-year membership, I believe, is the cost. And uh, I'd like to let everyone out there know, all of the members included, that the membership in the organization is a yearly membership. And we'd like for all of our members to keep up on their dues. Uh, We we don't ever push this or give anybody any grief or anything else. But we would like for you guys to keep up on your dues. Make sure that you have uh, paid your membership dues for the year and, uh, and that you're in good standing with the org. All right, pre-registering. That is going to the uh, to the register link and clicking on that. That's going to help you, and that's going to help uh, Appleseed. It's going to help you by making sure that you have a place on the line when you arrive at the event. Now, I'm not going to say that you can't walk on, because in many cases you can, but I will tell you that uh, there the incidences of the events uh, selling out are becoming more and more common. So the last thing you want to do is uh, have your heart set on uh, a weekend of shooting and learning to become a rifleman. And when you arrive and find that there's no place in the line for you because you didn't pre-register, and somebody hands you a uh, bucket of potatoes and a paring knife, then that's not going to be your idea of the shooting weekend, right? So make sure you pre-register. That also helps the organization by letting us know how many folks are going to be at a specific event. That way we can schedule uh, a, uh, the right number of instructors, that we have a good instructor-student ratio, and <clears throat> we can make sure that they uh, have all the supplies that they need. Uh, the, uh, uh, there have been several cases where we've secured additional line uh, 
when a an event has sold out. But in order for us to do that, we have to know that it's sold out. And the only way we're going to know is by uh, counting the pre-registration number. So please make sure that you uh, that once you take a look at an event, don't just think about doing it. Don't let don't let another uh, another possible chance at doing something pass you by in your life. When you look at that page and you look at the events listed, select one. And you know it doesn't even have to be close to you. It can be an adventure. You can travel to another state. You can meet another group of men and women from another state and and develop friendships there in that state. <clears throat> Wherever you select, you're guaranteed that you're going to learn uh, the absolute, you're going to be attending the absolute best course uh, in rifle marksmanship that you could ever hope to attend. <clears throat> The uh, and let me make sure that you understand that the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship are not the same as the basics. All right, uh, the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship are the things that you're going to need, no matter where your shooting path takes you. Uh, proper sling use, how to build a steady position, <clears throat> the six steps to firing the shot. Uh, including uh, sight alignment, sight picture, respiratory pause, focusing your eye on the front sight, focusing your mind on keeping the front sight on the target, trigger squeeze and follow through. Now, let me also add in here that this, the techniques that you'll be learning at an apple seed, these are not things that, that the uh, apple seed project folks uh, pulled out of thin air and said, let's try this, let's see if it works. These are techniques that have been distilled down through over 400 years of firearms usage. Uh, we're, not, uh, we're not trying to uh, reinvent the wheel. We're giving you the absolute best designed wheel from 400 years of wheel design and study that's possible. No matter where you go, this is the things that you're going to need to know in order to shoot your rifle competently and safely. <clears throat> We'll also teach you about natural point of aim, how to determine it and how to shift it onto your target, inches, minutes, and clicks, and how they pertain to your rifle. And then we're going to talk to you throughout the day. We're going to be giving you detailed stories of the events of April 19, 1775. Detailed stories. These are the actual events putting you in the place, almost as if you were standing there, of the events that occurred at Lexington Green, at the North Bridge and Concord, and along Battle Road back to Boston. One of the things that you have to learn to do in order for you to become uh, a full instructor, a red hat, is you have to be able to tell the story. You have to be able to tell the three strikes of the match story, and that's what we tell at every apple seed. And you have to do it in a fashion that we feel is is right, that is passionate enough and delivers the details enough that you can pass the test to become a full instructor and be able to tell the story, to have the honor and the privilege of telling the story. And we've got some of the best storytellers in the nation. I don't, tell, I don't care how many times I've heard the story or told the story, I still get excited about listening 
to the story of the three strikes of the match. I still get excited about telling it. The people who are listening, they are excited about hearing the story. And and many people will tell you that that's the best, the best part of the event, was hearing about the history, hearing about how it tied in to the birth of this nation. And... Uh, and nobody does it better than us. Not even the park services, <laughs> believe me. And certainly not the History Channel. We've got these. We've got all of them beat hands down. Our folks uh, have become experts at this particular section of history, and they can tell you the story. They can tell you the background information on it. When all the instructors are standing there, and you ask them any of the questions about the events of that day, they will be more than happy to fill in any blanks you may have. And that's what an apple seed is. Now, a little bit later on this uh, in the show tonight, we're going to be talking to Larry Pratt, who's the executive director of uh, Gun Owners of America. And uh, one of the things that we do at Appleseed, or the main thing that we do, is we aggressively go out and grab folks off their couches from in front of their TVs, from wherever we can get them, and we get them to attend an apple seed. And what we're trying to do is launch them. We're trying to get them spun up. We're trying to get them to understand that they have an obligation to this nation. They cannot be fulfilled just by sitting on their couch with the remote and clicking from one 30-minute sitcom to the next. That Yes, they can live their life that way uh, in the same fashion that you could live your life in a coma. But what good is that? to them and what and an even better question is what good is that to their nation and an even better question than that what good is it to those who are going to come after to those folks who are going to follow us in this nation right now nobody listening to this show was alive on April 19, 1775 and yet we owe those men and women who stood together starting on April 19, 1775, and for the next eight long bloody years, who stood together in ranks, who helped create this nation. We owe them a huge debt, a debt that we really can't repay. So what can we do? How can we, how can we make this right? How can we balance the scales? And the answer is, well, we're never going to make it right, of course, but we can do our best to honor them. And by honoring them, we can continue on with the ideas that they had, the vision that they had for this nation. So we want to honor the men and women who stood together in ranks on April 19, 1775, by telling their stories, by remembering them and making sure that those who camp, who are coming after us are remembering them because of the debt that we owe to them. And then we're going to carry on the vision that they had for this nation. The American Revolutionary War had a beginning and an end. It had certain goals it was attempting to accomplish, and when it accomplished them, victoriously it ended the american revolution began 
before the American Revolutionary War. It was never meant to end. It was meant to be a continuously expanding exercise in individual and collective freedoms and liberties. And along with those freedoms and liberties are responsibilities. And those responsibilities fall on the shoulders of each and every person in this nation. I've told you guys before that you cannot become, well, you can. You can become an American simply by having your name filled in on a sheet of paper. But that doesn't make you an American. It makes you a legal American citizen. In order for you to become an American, you have to accept the sacred duty, the sacred obligation, and understand that it's up to you individually to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords you. And uh, that's what uh, a good portion of the show is going to be about. And uh, because we spend, uh, there are there are dozens, hundreds, even thousands of organizations out there that are working towards uh, uh, enlightening you on information about uh, what's going on in the world today. Part of your job as a rifleman is to make sure that you understand what's going on around you, that you understand. Uh, and are familiar with current events, with uh, what the government is doing or not doing. It's also your job to let uh, your representatives know what your needs and wishes are. In other words, you have to become involved. You have to become uh, part of the governing body. Because I've also told you before that your the president, your congressmen, your senators, they're not the government. You are the government. They simply represent you. They are simply put there to be your servant and do your wishes uh, to the best of their ability. It's not the other way around. You shouldn't be going to your representatives, to your congressmen and senators, on bended knee begging for a boon. You should be uh, letting them know what your needs are, what your desires are, what your wishes are, and what your vision uh, of this nation should be. And then they should be doing their best to represent you, along with your fellow Americans in your areas, the folks that they represent, their constituency. And when they don't, it's your duty not to threaten to vote against them or, or remove them. It's your duty to remove them and to get another person to represent you, even if it means that you have to do it, and in order to ensure that your wishes are listened to, that your needs are listened to. And when I say your wishes and your needs, I'm not talking about uh, flat-screen TVs and, uh, you know, cold Coca-Colas. Uh, I'm talking about the safeguarding of the rights and freedoms that living in this nation affords you. That's your duties. That's your responsibilities. So that means that you're going to have to get, uh, well, let me put it this way. What Appleseed does is like a launch pad. <clears throat> we take folks who are uh, normally 
they are they're just waking up. It's like they're just waking up and they're just looking around and they say, "Man, oh man, uh this something's not right. This isn't right. I look around me, I read the paper, I listen to the news and I see things that aren't right. But what can I do? Well, how could I even get started?" And the answer is, you come to an apple seed. Come to an apple seed. Learn about the tradition of rifle marksmanship, the the one the one fundamental skill that we share with the founders, one fundamental uh, tradition and heritage of rifle marksmanship. Learn about that. Learn about the folks uh, who stood together on April nineteenth, seventeen seventy five, uh, at Lexington Green, at the North Bridge and Concord, and along Battle Road to to Boston. Learn about what their vision was for the nation. See if it uh, compares to the current vision of what's going on with this nation. And if it doesn't, then maybe it means that that some things need to change. You come to an apple seed, and we'll get you spun up. We'll get you charged up. We'll get you ready to go. Now, just the act of spinning up uh, one million, two million, ten million Americans. That's about all that Appleseed's going to be able to handle. Just that. Uh, maybe at some later uh, period, uh, after we've spun up a couple of million of riflemen, they will. There will be other things that we'll be doing. I don't know. But just the act of spinning those folks up into working uh, pieces of the machine is about all that Appleseed can handle at this point. And really, that's all we need to handle. There are a lot of other organizations out there right now that are doing a bang-up job of uh, of putting their pointers on the icebergs, uh, involved in the political processes, etc. There's no reason for us to reinvent the wheel. And uh, that's where Gun Owners of America comes in, and that's what we'll be talking to uh, Lurie Pratt about tonight, because <clears throat> Gun Owners of America is a, a fantastic organization, and uh, uh, I'm a member, and uh, the majority of the folks that I know are members, and, and they're not the only organization. I'm a member of NRA. I'm a member of uh, the uh, Texas State Rifle Association. That's another thing I'm, I'm hoping that all of you guys are doing is making sure that uh, you're starting locally. If there was a county rifle organization, I'd be a member of that. And I may just start one. I may just start a county rifle organization. But you're going to start at the lowest level because that's where the changes are going to be fed into the pipeline at. And Texas has a really great uh, state rifle association. And almost every other state has one also. So I encourage you to become members of each of these organizations and then participate to whatever level of uh, uh, that you can, whatever your your level of uh, ability can uh, can be is up to you. But but to participate to what level that you can in these organizations, become members of the organizations because they're out there uh, working and fighting uh, 24 hours a day for you. Uh, and the least you can do is uh, to become a member and help support them. <clears throat> so in just a little while, we're going to uh, 
we're going to uh, call Mr. Pratt and uh, and get him to talk to us about uh, Gun Owners of America and about uh, the responsibility of Americans to become involved in uh, the their their personal obligations in safeguarding their individual uh, and collective liberties and freedoms. Now, right now, before we get started on that, I'd like to uh, to give you guys a few minutes <clears throat> uh, to call in, and we do this at the beginning of each show to call in and uh, and give folks uh, pats on the back, uh, congratulations, uh, etc. Uh, for uh, for their uh, for the folks in their local crews, if you if you can do that, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, if you'd like to do that, you can call in at three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero, and uh, the call screener will uh, will ask you uh, a couple of questions, and then uh, he'll post that on the switchboard. And then uh, we'll get you on. But I cannot uh, imagine, and I'm always amazed because uh, I would think that if I said that, that uh, I would get, uh, I would fill up all 50 slots on my on the switchboard uh, of people calling in because uh, uh, because everybody got they they must have somebody. Uh, that they would like to give a uh, shout of congratulations out to. Uh, for me, I'm going to start the show off with uh, giving a shout out to uh, and congratulations and a welcome aboard uh, to uh, Miss Baker, who is a new Texas uh, instructor. Uh, I believe she's been to several events now, and the most recent one that she worked at was the uh, the Arkansas shoot and. Uh, uh, I've not met Miss Baker yet, but uh, Lauren McCran, double L on the forum, said uh, that she's going to be a, a wonderful addition to the uh, to the Texas instructor cadre, and then to uh, and a welcome back to Floyd, who I believe was in Oklahoma. Uh, on, okay, I see old grunt in the in the chat room there. Uh, good to see you there, old grunt. Anyway, Floyd is, uh, I believe, was instructing in Oklahoma, and now he's come back to Texas. I want to thank both of them uh, for their participation in the program, and I want to welcome them both into the Texas Instructor Cadre. Uh, on top of that, I want to thank Larry Conrad, uh, who is uh, over-liable on the forum, and uh, I'm telling you, without Larry, uh, I'm telling you, he is at every single event that I've ever held here, every single event since the day uh, several years ago whenever he shot his rifleman uh, score in the middle of a huge heat wave. I believe that the heat index was uh, like around, I don't know, 120, 125, something like that, and he shot his rifleman score he refused to give up i kept telling him to go sit down go sit down and he wouldn't until he shot the rifleman standards now once he did once he shot the rifleman standards he went in and took a few minutes break since that time several years ago he has been absolutely reliable been at every single event and and 
he has been a, a tremendous help. He's first of all, he's just a fantastic man. He's a uh, uh, Vietnam vet, and uh, he was also in uh, the long range uh, reconnaissance patrol unit. Uh, not the same one that uh, Mark and I were in, but he was in a uh, a uh, LERP company in Vietnam, and uh, and. He's just a, a, a fantastic guy. Uh, he he is always there at every event. He's uh, he's the first one there and the last one to leave usually. And uh, I just can't say enough good stuff about him. And he's a great friend to me. And uh, I want to tell him thanks. All right, that's my talk. All right. So the rest of you, uh, the rest of you can call in at three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. And you can tell me about your local guys, all right? Uh, all right? I see this one that says that Chris is just listening. Okay, Chris, you're not going to get away with that. Chris, welcome to the show. I miss you, brother. What are you doing? Chris, you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah, I know. You just thought you were going to go in with listening, but I wasn't going to let you because I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to say hi to you. How have you been? Well, it's been a rough year, but I've been pulling through. All right. Well, how did uh, how did the uh, the medical go for you? That's what I'm fighting right now. I've got neuropathy in one leg, and they're having me use this wheelchair more than I care to. But I still get out and shoot quite a bit. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, you guys. This is uh, this is my my good good friend Chris Old Grunt Reform. And uh, Chris has been with us for quite a while. He came to a boot camp here in Texas. And uh, I want to thank Chris. I want to thank him, first of all, for being my friend. And then I want to thank him for working with the program. And above and beyond that, I want to thank him for his service to the nation because, uh, because Chris, the problems that we're talking about that come from Chris being shot and blown up to rag dolls in the service of our nation. And, you know, even when he when he came back and he, when he was working with Appleseed, he still could not get into the positions comfortably because his body had been so severely damaged, and yet he didn't stop. He didn't stop. He went ahead and he did, uh, he did all of the stuff anyway, and he still worked tirelessly. And, and God bless you, Chris, because I know you love shooting. I know you love... Uh, the shooting sports, and that's where your heart is, and uh, and you're in my prayers, all right? Yes, sir. I'd have to say, though, in the last year and a half, though, watching Kansas, the Arkansas, and the Oklahoma guys, you know, less than two and a half years ago, we were only a handful of individuals, and, and now each one of these states has got a running crew. It's just amazing to see how these guys can take something and make it their own and do something positive with it. I, I was always one curious and wondering if it would continue to grow and just sitting back and watching. I mean, we're like six red hats into it now and all these shoot bosses and we've got more females involved with it. It's just neat. If you go to Kansas, it would blow your mind to see what they've done in just a year's time. It's amazing. Well, that's because there's there are people like you, Chris, in other states. Mm-hmm. There's only one you. Oh, yeah. thank, thank the Lord, there's only one you. But there are other people like yeah. you in other states. So there are oh, people 
Irishmen are willing to uh, Yeah, yeah. There's other people who are willing to donate uh, their time and and big chunks of their lives. You know, and I remember that uh, we were doing a show. Uh, what was it? Two years ago, we were doing a show, I think, and it was a show that uh, where we had all the uh, the rifleman boot camp folks. We had them all up here at the house uh, doing a show here for the Davila, Texas uh, rifleman boot camp, uh, and doing the radio show, show live with them. And I remember uh, that you were listening to the show then, and uh, yeah. you were laying in your bed uh, many hundreds of miles away in Arkansas. I mean, in uh, Oklahoma, and your wife said. Uh, I bet you would like to go to that, wouldn't you? And uh, I guess she gave you the okay, and you uh, you threw some jeans on over your skivvies, and you got in your truck, and you were down here by, uh, well, the time you were down here by 5 a.m. for Reveille. Yeah. So yeah, that, you, was a, that was a great seeing Pop and all the guys doing what they do. <laughs> yeah, do what they do. And again, you, you know, you were playing out. farmers, so we didn't get to see you all that much. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, at the time we actually had some rain, so I, so I had work. You know, if it were right now, I'd, I'd be, uh, that's all I'd need to do because uh, right now, I'm sure you guys have had the same. You know, we're in the middle of a terrible drought, and it even worries me. Yeah, we've all, we only got 56. That was that was pathetic. Usually we're in the hundreds by now, and all we've rolled up now is 56 bales, and we've already had to dump all of our cattle just to keep the farm going. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did the same thing. I I I got rid of every single cow, and uh, I sold the last uh, 350 bales uh, at the end of July. And uh, yep. uh, well, I actually sold some more bales today, but uh, but there's nothing left, and there's nothing going to be left. And a lot of folks across the South and the uh, South uh, Central United States are going to be in a great deal of. Uh, of pain for the next uh, year because of this. So, anyway, we'll pray for rain. And and I wanted to, uh, like I said, I know that you were just listening, but uh, I wanted to, to bring you on and tell you thanks, Chris, for all of uh, yes, sir. all of the stuff that you've done. All right, I'm not going to hang up on you. I'll just uh, I'll let you go back to listen. As long as you promise not to, as long as you promise to listen. Always will. All right, thanks. God bless you, Chris. Tell everybody there in Oklahoma, I said hey. All right. Uh, okay. Three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. Like I said, guys, the line should be uh, the line should be completely filled up because uh, I, I know that every t- every single state that I've been to, there has been absolutely the best people that that ha- that state has to offer. I meet them. I meet them when I go to an event. That means that for you folks listening out there, every one of you guys listening, should be able to call in and tell me about at least two people that uh, are the best people that you've met in your state. So 347-308-8790. And let me put it in the chat room. 347-308-8790. Eight seven nine zero. All right, that's the number. And uh, and if you have a somebody that just shot to rifleman standards, if you have a new IIT 
or a uh, person who's passed their uh, IT one, two, three uh, PCs, if you have somebody that has been uh, red-hatted or somebody that's been green-hatted, then uh, this is the place where you call in and you tell them thank you. The RWVA is really good at uh, at riding folks into the dirt. We treat uh, a lot of times we treat our members like uh, the Apaches treated their horses. You know, they would uh, ride them until they died, and then they would cut them up and eat them right then and there, and, uh, and then they would steal another horse and ride it. <clears throat> so we do that to our folks a lot, uh, not on purpose, but because because this is an important mission that we're running, and uh, it's imperative that we succeed because the alternative is unthinkable. So uh, our members get a lot of rough usage. God bless them. Uh, and uh, I don't say that lightly because I've, I'm one of the members, and uh, and I've done my 23 and 24 apple seeds in a year, and uh, along with uh, doing the radio show and everything else. So I know what the hard usage is like. I know that it causes a great deal of strife at uh, in your home lives and with your jobs and everything else. But at the same time, uh, in a what I see in, uh, in a perfect future for us, is that we have a an effect that is worthwhile on the nation. And because of the sacrifices that we made, that we can hand an intact nation to those who come after us, all right? And that is what the whole point of this is for. All right, so we give our guys rough usage. Now, what we'd like to do is is give them some thank yous, is give them some thank yous here on the air, and uh, get their names out there for the good job that they're doing. Now, it was just a couple of short years ago that that I knew every single person in the program, every single one of them. And uh, and it went that way for, I don't know, a year, year and a half, that uh, every time a new instructor would come on, somebody that was working with the program, I would know who they were because I'd seen them and we'd talked about them and we followed their uh, progression. We followed their the posts that they had made, the speaking that they'd done uh, online on the forum. And we had followed the uh, after actions that they'd posted and we'd seen when they'd gone from being a, a, an orange hat to a red hat and then to a shoot boss. But that only lasted for about a year, year and a half. After that, there were too many to count, and there are certainly too many to count now. With almost a thousand instructors, there's no way to know them all. And uh, and as much as I would like to be able to, I don't know them all. And I know that there are uh, hundreds of folks out there doing a great job that I haven't heard a word about. And I'd like to be able to tell them thanks. I'd like to hear their names coming from your lips. All right. And they want to hear it too because it means a lot to them. So if you have somebody that you'd like to call in and uh, and thank them over the air for their participation in the program, or to give them congratulations for shooting to rifleman standards, or for passing a PC, or getting their red hat, or being successful in the shoot Boston training program, and 
and eventually getting to shoot boss their own programs uh, or run their own shows, then this is the part of the show where you do that. All right, I'm going to let you call in uh, for another, uh, I guess, for another five or ten minutes, and then we'll move on. But uh, I know that there are more folks. Uh, there are more folks. Who uh, who deserve to have their names spoken on the air? So I'm going to give uh, uh, another uh, shout out to the folks in New York because I was just up there recently, and I want to thank the folks in New York, especially uh, uh, Mark Mark Arnsbacher, uh, who is the state coordinator there and uh, who has uh, passed his Red Hat uh, exam, and he's a full, he should be a full instructor now. I've got to get his, uh, I've got to get him listed as that, and uh, I'd like to congratulate him. I'd like to congratulate the rest of the folks in New York. I didn't get a chance to see everybody this time, uh, but uh, I'd like to congratulate uh, Josie Wales and uh, Sergeant Rock and uh, Ed Benon and uh, the whole crew that's up there in New York now working because they're a fantastic group of folks. Every time I go to New York, uh, I'm just uh, I'm as pleased as I can be to work with a professional group like those guys. And uh, and like I said, the folks who are in Appleseed are the absolute best folks in the nation. And uh, you won't find a better group of individuals, and it's certainly been my pleasure uh, to meet these folks and sp- and spend time with them. <clears throat> All right. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have uh, uh, Dr. Fisher back on. Uh, I told you guys before, I hope you continue to keeping him in your prayers. You know, he got uh, he caught a form of uh, of Lyme disease uh, there in his home, and uh, it was one of the New England versions of Lyme disease. And uh, he was sick uh, all the way to a very scary uh, edge, and uh, he teetered on the edge for a while. And uh, he had a great deal of sickness for a couple of weeks, and. Uh, we were very, very worried about him. Uh, he's back from that now, but he's, he's going to continue to suffer from the disease uh, for the rest of his life. You know, it's just like, uh, well, it's similar to, to like malaria, where you have uh, where you have fevers and chills and stuff like that uh, that return to you periodically for the rest of your life. And uh, he's going to be coming on the show and talking about. His book. Now, as you, if you guys that don't know, Dr. Fisher wrote the what I call our textbook. And that's the uh, uh, Paul Revere's Ride, and uh, he did a fantastic job with Paul Revere's Ride. It's one of the most detailed accounts of April 19, 1775. I've, I have found yet to date, and I've read uh, probably two or three dozen different. Uh, Accountings of that day. Now he's done the same excellent job <clears throat> with 
the battles at uh, Trenton and Princeton, which I consider to be the turning point uh, of the American Revolutionary War. He's done his same fantastic job uh, with his book, Washington's Crossing, and uh, he'll be on to talk about that. And then hopefully a few weeks uh, or maybe a month after that, he'll come back on to talk about uh, his book about the the four different uh, economic price waves that have uh, that have come through our nation. So if you guys will remember uh, Dr. Fisher in your prayers, then uh, then that would be great. Now I'd like to uh, remind you guys that we're trying to hook up all of the uh, all of the social accounts. Uh, in the program, we're trying to get them all interconnected. All right. So if you have a Twitter account, then uh, we'd like for you to look for Appleseed Radio and uh, follow Appleseed Radio. And then uh, maybe if some of you guys, if some of you guys out there <coughs> can work up a follow and friend list, so that uh, uh, so that folks that are just coming into the social media situation so they don't have to uh, wander around and try and figure out who to follow and who to friend, etc. that uh, we can hand them a list or they can download a list of the folks to get connected to first so that we've uh, so that we're building a nice tight nationwide web uh, on social media All right, I'm putting that in my my list of things to do. Uh, but if somebody uh, will step up, and I'm not talking about any of the folks that are already working on things like you, Kirby. Um, uh, I'm talking about somebody that doesn't have a project right now. If you can get in touch with me, and we'll uh, we can work out the details of getting this set up, of getting uh, a list of all of the. Uh, Facebook and Twitter accounts, then uh, we can put that in one place and then we can get it where folks can download it and they can immediately set up their accounts and then get interconnected. And the purpose of that is so that when one of us puts out some information, then it goes out to all of the rest of the folks across the nation. And uh, and then while each of you, each of the individual folks build their uh, social accounts, then one thing that I write and put out will go across the nation to all of the different folks, and then it will go from me to them and from them to all of the other people who aren't necessarily Appleseed folks. It will go out to all of the people who are following them, and that will be a way for all of us to stay connected uh, via the social media. Now, I've told you before that I'm not a big fan of social media, uh, just because I have other things in life that I need to do besides that. However, uh, I'm willing to take the time to do it because I feel like it's a uh, it's a way for us to push the program because right now all of America is living on their social media accounts. All, right? all of America is hooked up in one form or another of social media. And that's where everybody is living their lives, in the social media. 
And if that's where they are, then that's where we need to be, all right? So make sure that you are, if you haven't set up an account, then please do so. If you need some help with setting up an account, uh, then for now, go ahead and uh, PM or email me or call me, and I'll give you a hand doing it. But that's also something else that we'll need for, uh, we'll need somebody to, uh, to shoot boss this and wrangle all the information together and help folks get started in social media. So if any of you guys out there are listening that uh, would be willing to take on this task, please give me a PM or an email or give me a call on the phone because uh, this is a, this would be a great way for some of you guys that uh, that maybe you're not a uh, a uh, red hat or an orange hat or something. Maybe that's not maybe that's not your gig, but teaching folks how to use social media is exactly your gig. Well, this is where you can plug yourself in because we really need some help with uh, getting this ramrodded and getting this project up and running across uh, uh, across the nation so that we can have a bigger presence in social media. All right, for right now, I want to bring on uh, uh, one of the callers from Michigan. Uh, this fellow's name is Superheat from Michigan. Superheat, welcome to the show. Hey, Scout, how are you doing? Uh, I am just dandy. How about yourself? We are doing excellent. We're up here in Michigan, and we are putting our shoulder to the wheel and trying to move this thing forward. All right, and... Uh, and what, what you know I, I just gave this big speech about uh about not knowing uh hardly any of the people anymore and I have to say that superheat that I that I don't know you uh and so for forgive me for that but uh are you an instructor with the program I am a red hat with the program and um just loving it and doing doing all we can to move things forward I've PM'd you a few times about getting things hooked up for the podcast and getting it on to uh, iTunes, and I'd like to thank you for that. Um, it sure makes my life easy. The show uh, just okay. magically appears on my iPod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And listen, that that, uh, and I appreciate that because, you know, I've thought, uh, uh, thought about that several times, but that's as far as it went because, you know, usually I don't – I try not to give myself more jobs – because I already have so many. I try not to give myself more extra jobs, but I kept thinking, well, I'm sure there must be a way to do this. And uh, finally, I got, uh, I worked with, I believe it was, I believe it was Kirk Wheeler. Uh, it, it, I believe it was Kirk Wheeler or, no, maybe it was uh, uh, Aaron Frankel. I believe that's who it was. And, uh, he got me set up and, and showed me how to get it hooked in. And so now, for the for you guys that uh, that want to listen to the show, but you can't listen live, and uh, and you don't want to sit there uh, tied to your computer, then you can get it by doing the search for it on iTunes, and uh, and it can be sent directly to your computer, to into your iTunes library, and then you can download it to your iPod. And listen to it during the day because that's what I do now. I used to listen to AM radio, and uh, it was okay. But you know, after a while, they, they all the AM folks are saying the same thing over and over and over, and uh, and I want to hear something different. 
So I have a list of folks that I listen to. I don't listen to to, to my show, but I, I would appreciate it if you guys did. And uh, uh, and I download it to my iPod. Plus, I don't get a good uh, AM reception all the time. But this has really made my life, uh, my work, a lot easier because I work alone. I don't have anybody to talk to. And uh, I can plug in the iPod, download uh, four or five uh, one-hour shows, and uh, work through the day uh, listening to uh, how to uh, how to compost uh, organics or or how to uh, raise fish, uh, you know, any kind of any number of things. Uh, and uh, and we encourage you to do the same thing. Uh, all right, and. Uh, what about the rest of the Michigan crew, Superheat? Uh, I'm sure you've got some buddies out there uh-huh. that you've probably, you have probably told them to their face, thanks. But tell the rest of us about them. Well, let me start off first by, by telling you about Usul. I guess it's a name from a Dune character, the, the book, I guess. Um, it took him four events to make Rifleman. But he was bound and determined to do it and had a totally positive attitude the whole time. And he just committed himself to it, and he did it. He shot riflemen, and wouldn't you know, he wanted that orange hat right away. So we're just so glad to have him on board, um, showed the true spirit. And, uh, I mean, it's I can't say enough about the guy. He's just been a pleasure to have on the line and to to have to go through four times to to finally reach your goal it it's you know it's it's very special well listen i mean uh, there are there are quite a few folks who do that and to me that just reinforces the fact we have so many people that talk about well i can shoot uh you know i can shoot a a deck of cards at 500 yards i can put 10 rounds in those cards <laughs> And uh, I used to hear folks say that, and I would think, "Wow, that guy's a great shot," because I didn't know anything about uh, shooting at, uh, you know, shooting accuracy and distance and stuff. So I just assumed they were telling me the truth, and uh, I would say, "Oh, okay, wow, man, that's great." And uh, now I hear those same people saying that, and I'm thinking, "You uh, come on, now I know what uh, now I know what shooting is, and uh, I know that you're not putting any ten rounds into a deck of cards at 500 yards." Nonetheless. People say that uh, shooting at 25 meters at uh, 82 feet is easy. Uh, that uh, It's easy. It's a breeze. And it may be if you're shooting at uh, a car or a trash can or something like that. But uh, when we start telling you that you're going to put 10 rounds uh, into your thumbnail at 82 feet in uh, just a few minutes' time, that's a little bit different. And it takes a great deal of skill to get it. And I myself am not, uh, I would not call myself a uh, naturally talented shooter. All right? I have to work at it. I have to keep my skills sharp, and I have to continually work at uh, my rifle marksmanship to keep it up. And uh, there are some folks who come through the program, and they'll shoot uh, on a weekend, sometimes on their first weekend who are extremely talented individuals, and they'll shoot the rifle and standards on that first weekend. And there are other folks who will come in who have been shooting uh, for 20, 30, 40 years, and uh, they'll shoot to rifle and standards on that first weekend. But there's a lot of folks who don't. And 
it's because the standards that we're trying to get people to shoot to, uh, and we're only shooting to four minutes of arc. That's the that's our standards that we're shooting to, trying to get folks to to shoot to have the ability to shoot to four minutes of arc. And yet, that is extremely difficult. I have other people superheat who tell me that, uh, yeah, you know, I've heard about Appleseed, but I'm I'm really I'm I'm more interested in you know practical shooting. And I say, okay. I said, you mean like like something like say shooting from different positions uh, while under the constraints of uh, under time constraints and with magazine changes and shooting at multiple targets, something like that? And they go, yeah, yeah, something like that. That's why I'm more into that. <laughs> I say, okay, all right, well, you know, maybe this is for you then. <laughs> I can't think of a more practical uh, rifle marksmanship ability to teach folks because we're not just sitting there shooting 80-round circular bullseye over and over again while someone is droning at you or worse, uh, some kind of a boot camp instructor is yelling at you in your ear or something. <clears throat> That's not the program at all. But we are teaching you to shoot from multiple positions, uh, and we're teaching you magazine changes and shooting at multiple targets, all under time constraints. If you can do this, if you can shoot successfully in the Appleseed Project, then you can shoot successfully in many of the uh, so-called practical combat uh, rifle skills programs, all right, because uh, you, you you give it a shot on the weekend. You give it a shot, and uh, and if you breeze through it, then I'll be glad to, to post all of your bragging and even have you on the show to talk about how you breeze through it, all right? But if you don't, then I'd like for you to uh, come on the show and tell me about, uh, uh, to come on the show. How to, uh, <laughs> Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, who else? Uh, you've got Usul, who you said who took four times. And like I said, four times is not, uh, that's not a... It's not uh, extraordinary. It's not extraordinary, it was, right. His attitude... And I hope that he was shooting, uh, was he shooting with the uh, uh, Rifleman's Opportunity Program? Yeah, he kind of got in the middle of when that got started, so he was able to take advantage of it on his last two events. All right, well, let's, let me get, real quick hit the folks with that, and that is if you come to an event and you shoot at the event and you like what you learned and you like what you heard here and you didn't shoot to rifleman standards but you say, you know what, I'm going to do this. This is not going to be another thing in my life that I say, ah, I wish I would have made it, but, you know, whatever, I'll just do something else. You know, I'll go watch some NASCAR, I'll drink some beer, and I'll feel better about myself. I'll watch a 30-minute sitcom. And, uh, and life will be good, and uh, I'll just forget that I ever did this. If instead of that, if you say, you know what, that's not going to happen to me. This is something that I'm going to master. This is something that I'm going to do. And you say, I want, I, I want to come back until I have my rifleman's patch. I want to come back till I shoot to, till I shoot to two ten or above on the AQT, and I get my patch. Well, we've got the program for you. It's called the Rifleman's Opportunity Program. You come to an event and uh, you bring your paid receipt plus your paid uh, one-year membership for the uh, uh, Revolutionary War Veterans Association, your RWVA membership. You show it to the shoot boss at the end of the event and say, look, I want to keep coming back until I get my patch. Then he'll put a uh, sticker on your card, and you can attend 
events for the next year or until you shoot to rifleman standards uh, at no charge, all right? So I don't expect you to take a whole year to do that, all right, because that's, that would be uh, abnormal. Uh, two to four more events, that's inside the envelope, all right? Even I've even seen folks that, uh, that have taken uh, eight or nine events, and now these particular folks were shooting with with firearms that I would not recommend uh, shooting at anything smaller than a trash can at 82 feet, but uh, but they did, and it took them eight or nine events to make it. But they made it. They didn't give up. <clears throat> so you can come back for a year or until you shoot to rifleman standards. Now, once you shoot to rifleman standards, what we're hoping is is after you put in all that hard work that you're not going to say, all right, now I'm done, now I'm going to go back and get on the couch. You're going to say, man, I've already invested some time in this. I, I didn't just learn the skills. I mean, I learned them good enough that now I can teach them. You know what? This, this looks like a valid way for me to get involved, a valid way for me to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords me. All right? So now I'm going to take, I'm going to ask them, if I can become an instructor, all right? Now you're going to shoot for free uh, for the rest of your time in the program. So that's the Rifleman's Opportunity Program. All right, Superheat, sorry for interrupting you, but I wanted to get that in real quick. Go ahead and give us the, the rest of the uh, That's good. Let me run Michigan through them here. Folks. We got Swamp Thing, who just hit his PC3 out of the park. He was just thrown under the bus, and he came back and said, the bus is warm and cozy. <laughs> We've got... Uh, <laughs> Bill Winkle took a red hat, earned his red hat last month, and Grindstone last month did the same thing, got his red hat too. And let me tell you, our our state coordinator in the Burbs, he's just amazing. The guy just works tirelessly, and he's just pushing this thing forward. We've we've gone from oh, probably five or six instructors at the end of last year. And now we're up around 17. Um, you know, obviously it's including the IITs, but he's just pushed things forward. And and our goal for this year was to have 12 events on the calendar, and I think we're up to 14 already. Excellent. <laughs> so we've super, surpassed that, and and almost without uh, exception, they've all sold out. So we're doing they've it right. They've all sold out. Just Way about without exception. You know, I mean, we might have 25 people on a 30-person line. That's pretty close to a sellout. But I would say oh, 80% of them have sold out. So we had one sellout well, that's a great six, ratio. Months, six months ahead of uh, the event. So. Well, let me ask uh, you this. How many folks are you pulling in uh, from the events uh if you've got uh, if you've got 25 to 30 folks on the line, then you mm-hmm. should be getting out of that. You should be getting two folks who you're talking to about becoming instructors, and one out of that group that actually becomes an instructor at each of those events. Right? That means you should be you should at the end of this year you should have an additional 12 folks who are feeding into the instructor pipeline. You bet. Uh, last event we made three orange hats. <clears throat> but uh, two of those, well, Uso was the one that shot riflemen. The other two, uh, Scorpion and Red Dog, um, came back because they had already shot riflemen, and they 
decided they wanted to come back and, and take the orange hat. So we made three at the last event, uh, which was pretty cool. We also, that event was uh, pretty neat. We had uh, Hawk Haven came up to give us a hand, and it was it was really good. The weather was finally... I love finally, Hawk Haven. He's a good man. Uh, he sure can call a line, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt there. <laughs> well, how many instructors are you guys running now in Michigan? Just to, you don't have to tell me exactly um, if you don't know, but uh, probably ballpark. around eighteen. Eighteen, 18. so far. All the way All right. from uh, tread carefully is uh, senior instructor down to our IIT zeros. Okay. About eighteen of us. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, and how many events do you have left uh, are remaining for this year? I believe five, and that would end in the weekend of Halloween, but I'm sure there's going to be a couple of winter seats pop up, no doubt okay, about it. Okay, right. And what about your April 19th event for this, uh, for 2012? You guys already working on that? Well, I talked to the state coordinator, and he said, don't even make me think about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, generally, tell him, tell him that I I sent a personal message to him saying, "Yeah, go ahead and think about it because uh, <laughs> now is the time to think about it." Is uh, you know, whenever you have uh, a few months ahead of time, rather than waiting to the last second. So make sure all you guys out there that are listening, make sure that you're uh, right now, at least uh, getting your the uh, private ranges and stuff like that. Make sure that they are giving you the okays and uh, and getting you in the books for that weekend. And then uh, just start casually speaking to the folks and say, hey, have you decided on a, uh, a location that you're going to uh, shoot boss uh, for April 19th? And start getting them, getting the names jotted down so that they can start getting uh, the promotions for each of those events in place. Uh, because it's going to take a while. It takes a while to get this stuff going. And and promoting an event uh, 30 days before is good, but uh, we want to make the April 19th event special. So we'd like for you guys to be starting to work on it now, keep it in your head. I'm not saying you got to start having your uh, your meetings or or give your state coordinator an ulcer over it, but uh, but do keep it in your head and do try to start getting them uh, uh, getting them lined out now as soon as possible. All right, who else, uh, Superheat? Since you've well, got uh, 18 folks, uh, you can just about get every one of them. <laughs> well, we've got Mad Hatter. Um, two weekends ago, she made her PC2, which is great. That's my daughter. Um, we've got... Uh, How old is she? 13. Wow, Thir- excellent. Pretty neat. Um, we've got Mickey, who's a shoot boss, and she ran our first ever lady seed, which surprisingly they wouldn't let me go to it. But I offered to be the man slave, and they said, nope, we don't need you. So, okay. <laughs> they ran the first lady seed, and it was a big hit. Uh, everybody was talking about coming back and doing another one. Okay. Was that one sold out? That one did sell out. It was a small event. Um but it was uh, really well done. All right. Uh, okay, who else? Who else? 
Um, let's see. We've got uh, uh, Max 66. He's coming on strong. This guy's Samuel Whittemore was out of sight. He did it in first person, and you could have heard a pin drop. It was just wow. great. Now I see that uh, Tekris is also listing a Mickey and Be Free. Yep, I mentioned Mickey. She ran the Lady Seed. She ran the Lady Shoot. Yep, and uh, Be yep. Free. Who is that? Uh, Be Free is is one of our shoot bosses. She's phenomenal, phenomenal instructor. Uh, I keep telling her one day I hope I grow up to be as good as she is. <laughs> uh, she's just just a phenomenal instructor. All right, and listen, the rest of you guys, Superheat did did a great job. He called in. He gave hats off to uh, all of the instructors in uh, Michigan, and he gave us a sit rep on uh, how the program is growing there, and it sounds like it's growing absolutely fantastic, Uh, a great speed. Most of the events, uh, he says, are running at uh, 80% to 100%, and, uh, and it sounds excellent. And what about the rest of you guys? All right, we still got a few minutes. If you guys want to call in, we still have a few minutes. Where uh, Mr. Pratt is going to be on in about 15 minutes uh, to speak to us about uh, uh, gun owners of America. But you still have about uh, oh about 10 or 15 minutes. If you'd like to call in, three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero, and give us a rundown on your states. And uh, what is your what is your favorite? Uh, three strikes story, Superheat. Um, I keep getting tapped to do the first strike. Um, I would say that is my favorite. And everybody else seems to think it's the hardest, but I enjoy doing it. Well, it, it it's semi-hard, I think, just because, uh, just like, uh, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do a movie or something else, you're, well, there's a lot you of gotta have, parts, you got to explain why the car chase is getting ready to come up and uh, yeah. why the one guy's going to punch the other guy in the face in a few minutes. Once you're into the action, then you're you're good to go. It's easy to go. But why did all that happen? And uh, and that's what the first strike is about. Why did it happen? And what were they thinking? What were they hoping to gain uh, out of this? And and it's hard to uh, it's hard to put that all together and make folks understand in just the uh, in just the 20 to 30-minute period that we give folks to explain it. it. It's definitely hard to get in the 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, of course, you know, I, I don't always make it. You know, a lot of times my first strikes run a little bit long uh, because I learned from uh, uh, from Fred, and uh, so I was uh, emulating him because that's where I've heard the first story from, and... Uh, and so, yeah, I think that my first couple of uh, of first strikes went, uh, I don't know, they may have gone about an uh, hour and a half, but uh, but uh, I've got them shortened down now. I still remember uh, I told uh, Junior Birdman when I was doing uh, one of them at the first, I said, look, I said, if I start going long, I said, just give me the signal, you know, and I'll shorten it up. And what was the uh, signal? <laughs> the signal was just... Uh, was him just taking his hand, and he was sitting where nobody else could see him, taking his hand and kind of, uh, you know, the uh, 
the the thing across the throat, like the throat, like uh, you know, mm-hmm. like, cut, give it, give it, finish it up, and uh, and we got through finally. And I walked over to him. And I said, "How how was it?" And he said, "Yeah, he said that was uh, that was good." And uh, I said, well, "Was it too long?" He goes, "Yeah, by about uh, forty five minutes." And uh, I said, "Well, you should have given me the signal." He goes, "Man." Because I gave you the signal over and over, you never looked at me. And, uh, <laughs> you never came up for air. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. You know, because once you get into it, it's. I'm I'm the kind of person that that when I tell the story, I, I I get into it because I, and I tell the instructors who are getting ready who are who ask me how do I do this how do I how do I tell the story I've never spoken in front of people before I've never I'm not good at that, <clears throat> and I tell everybody look everybody is good at it. Everybody's good at it because what you do is you read the story. You read it over and over. And when you tell the story, you don't tell it uh in a dry recitation. What you do is you look through the look through the threads that make up the story. And you find those threads that resonate within you. And then you use those threads as your guideline in telling the story. So that's what I do. I mean, I use those threads that 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 I can relate to and that resonate within me. Uh, whenever whenever I read the part about uh, Isaac Davis, I say read it. Whenever I whenever I are te- when I'm telling folks about Isaac Davis and about him telling his wife uh, to take care of the children for me. I'm telling you, man, it is hard for me to get past that, and uh, I have to look away. I have to look away, and I have to start thinking about something else immediately because it's hard for me to do that because I've got five daughters, five young daughters, and immediately what I see is when I got ready to go to my first uh, boot camp many years ago, uh, my youngest daughter, Sophia, she... She would not let me go anywhere without her. I don't care if I'm mowing the lawn or if I'm uh, moving hay with the tractor or if I'm checking the cattle, if I'm working fence, whatever. Before she was in school, when she was still a uh, sweet little child, she would not let me go anywhere without her. So I'm getting ready to leave uh, to go to North Carolina uh, for the boot camp, and and she's at the window both hands banging on the window with her face pressed against it, all slobbery crying, and uh, oh, you just about killed me. And that's all it takes for me. I think about that, and I think about, oh, my Lord, what if what if I wasn't? I'm, I'm just going to a boot camp. I'm coming back. I mean, uh, with the Lord's will, I'm coming back. I'm not, uh, you know, I don't want to get run over by an 18-wheeler or anything, but I'm coming back. What if I wasn't? What if I knew like Davis probably knew, that he wasn't coming back, that that would be it, that today will be the last day that I will see you, my wife, and you, my children, and my child was at the window crying. I don't know. That's that's hard. And And yet he did. Knowing what he knew, he still did. That's how important it was to him. And not just for him, because, uh, you know, he was he was a fairly young man, 
But he could have lived out the rest of his life, even under British rule. He could have lived out his life. He didn't do it for him. He even said he did it for those, for his children and for those who would come after him. So you find a part of the story that resonates within you, and and that is your path that you use to tell the story. That's the thread that you use to guide you through the story. <clears throat> and uh, and you can become passionate about it. Uh if you're if you're not passionate enough uh, uh, enough about something to tell the story then then really you're not uh you really don't belong in Appleseed because you're you're looking for something else. You're looking for uh, a dry firearms course, or you're looking for uh, uh, you're looking for something else, a social organization. You're not looking for this organization. You're not ready for 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 this mission that we have. But most of our people are ready, and uh, most of the folks are passionate about what they do. Believe me, if we if we can get into uh, passionate enough discussions that we're ready to tear, tear the whole organization apart over little bitty things. We're definitely passionate. So uh, so our folks are passionate, and that's how you tell the story. You find the parts of the story that resonate in your heart, and that's what you use to guide you through the story and tell the story. And, uh, and that's how you become a good three strikes of the match storyteller. Scout, I gotta, I got to thank you. Because when I was building up to having to tell the strikes, I, I was looking to everybody for help, and you just happened to do a show on how to tell the story. And that helped me out so much. It was unbelievable. Um, I tell this to everybody that's coming up. I, I was driving down the I drive back and forth to work. I've got half hour, 45 minutes in my truck. And it just happens to be the length of time I need to tell the strikes. So that's where I did them. And it helped me out immensely. You know, it had, when it came time to do it, it was like falling off a log. I had already done them enough to where I knew what to do. And uh, over and over. I, I remember you telling about, you know, you'd be driving the tractor or shaving and trying to work out your story. And uh, I took that and ran with it, and I appreciate the advice. Well, that's it, and that's how I did it. And and I don't consider that, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, uh, gaming. They talk about gaming the apple seed and shooting, or uh, or gaming uh, in telling the story. But I, I don't consider that gaming. Uh, I consider it becoming... Uh, becoming an artist in your craft. And I think that's what uh, each of our instructors, you, you owe that to the people that are coming to the event. You owe it to them to know, to have your craft down. I'm not just talking about just the the rifle marksmanship instruction part, all right, because we're going to make sure that you have that. What I'm talking about is making sure that you have the rest of it down, that you have the... Uh, that you have the story down and you've rehearsed it, and uh, just like uh, Super, he was saying, you know, whenever you, if you, you don't have to wait until you're in front of the crowd to rehearse it. 
All right. Do like what he was saying. Do the, take the take the time when you're in your vehicle and uh, and nobody else is there, and work out the different parts of the story. Work out the way that you want to tell it, and then rehearse it, because that's the way that you learn how to do something. And uh, the only real way that you're going to figure out how to tell the story is by telling it. <clears throat> and uh, you're going to make it easier on yourself if you figure out the the ways you're going to tell it beforehand. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> uh, let me see. The call screen is trying to tell me something. All right. Let, let me just add guys, something, Scout. Okay, What's that? Let me just add something, Scout. That once okay. you get that core, the core of your story down, then it, it becomes easy for you while you're actually giving it to an audience to modify it to them. Um, like you were saying about giving your your 45 minute first strike or whatever strike it was, um, you can read your audience and start. If they're into it, I can stretch it a little bit, or I have to compress it. It's raining, you know. I'm losing some people, and and once you get comfortable with it, get that basic core down, then you can start adding stuff, taking stuff out, and moving the story to fit. You know, maybe you've got a bunch of kids, and you want to add something in that would relate to them, but you need to have that core. And I think, it, you know, you just have to you have to do the the exercise. You have to do the push-ups and get it down you know not all of us are good public speakers like you and it just takes a little effort anybody can do well, this well listen i was not uh i was not a good public speaker uh you know out of the box i had to uh, i had to figure out how to do it myself and uh, and that's the way that i did it and like you said the key to it is going to be uh, is going to be knowing, first of all, knowing the the body of uh, what you're going to say, of of knowing your information down pat, because that way you don't have to think about, uh, you don't have to try and sit there and say, okay, what what happens next, or what 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 went on here, and try and recall it and figure it out. You already know what it is. You have it down pat. You know exactly uh, who was leading the column. You know exactly where they stopped, uh, what time of the night it was, etc. And then, like you said, from then on, then you can elaborate or you can, uh, when you're comfortable enough with your information, uh, then you can take the time to look at the folks, like you said, and gauge them. Are they into it? And if they're not, why not? Or if you need to, to stretch it out for additional length of time, you you know the core of it and you know the different paths that are in it that you can also talk about if you need to, because the story of April 19th isn't just one story. There are hundreds of stories, and it's like uh, like going across the United States. There's not just one road that takes you there. There are hundreds of different roads you can go to. You can go all the way from swinging through uh, uh, South Texas from New York going to uh, Washington State, uh, or you could uh, you could leave Southern California and hit uh, Michigan on your way to Florida. Uh, you know there there are hundreds of stories that interwoven into that day into April nineteenth, and uh, you have to pick you have to pick your uh, the line that you're taking. 
Are you hearing me ringing? All right. All right. Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear that uh, the phone ringing? I'm hearing ringing. Maybe it's on my end, so I will let you go and thank you. All right. All right. Oh, well, thank like you, Superheat. And uh, be sure and call us and let us know how things are going. We will do that, Scout. And thank you for all your work and keep it up. Don't ever quit. All right. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. All right. Okay. And uh, Carl Springer told me that the old guy from Maine wanted to to call in. All right. uh, Old guy, you're on the air? I am. Yes, sir. Yep. Well, you were begging for callers, so I thought I'd call in here. We're going to... Maine is going to double its number of shoots this year, over last year. We're gaining. We've got a couple of new uh, ranges, and uh, got, I've got, personally, I've got three more shoots to go this year. But the point I wanted to make is, is, how you, is how we, some of us, tailor the presentation. I was born before World War II, and my hair is snow white. So I like to tell, <laughs> it is, I like to tell uh, about dangerous old men. And quote the the uh, when Pitcairn wrote back to London, you know, and what he said and and how he described those old Yankees and how you know how they behaved. And, you know, they were all a lot of them were the older guys were veterans of the French and Indian Wars, and they fought against the Indians and the French and the Canadians, and they brought that experience with them, and they could shoot. And they were wise in the ways of the woods. Well, we've still got white-haired old men that are wise in the ways of the woods here. My wife's family came over on the Mayflower on a third trip. The other side of her family owned the boat. (laughs) I'm serious, they did. So we go back, you know. And uh, you can bring it home. I mentioned... uh, the Battle of Machias Bay, which is only about eight miles from the Columbia Chute. And these people didn't even know about that, you know. When I went to Vermont last year about this time, Buzzworth spoke about the uh, the uh, Battle of Bennington, which happened about eight miles from that range, you know. And it's, uh, it's great to bring it home, and it, it ties right in. Well, there you go. And uh, and how do the folks there react when you're talking to them about the events that occurred right there, right there just a few miles from uh, where they live or where they grew up? Most of them probably know a lot of the stories. Well, some of them do, but the thing is the names. The names are what makes it powerful because these families still live here. Same thing over in over in uh, in Bennington when Buzzworth tells it, you know, John Stark and Molly Stark. There's a whole lot, a whole lot of Starks around there to see today, you know. Right. And, uh, it's uh, it, it brings it home. We've got a guy in Maine uh, named Whittemore who was descended from Whittemore. Samuel Whittemore. 
Right. So when you can tie it like that. I, I found a grave a couple of years ago. Some, some of the guys on the boards have read about it. I found a grave in the woods. And uh, it's uh, Benjamin Bowers, Private, 7th Massachusetts Regiment, Revolutionary War. And he died in 1834. When he was an old white-haired man, there was a young fellow that he met from my town named uh, Bill Green. Bill Green lost a leg in the Civil War. When Bill Green was a white-haired old man with one leg, he met a young school teacher from Lee who had a Model T, first Model T in town. And that young school teacher used to often band a ride to town. And the old school teacher, when he was a white-haired old man, told me this story. Now, here's the thing. Between me and Benjamin Bowers, who served in the 7th Massachusetts Regiment in the Revolutionary War, there's only two people. And we all spoke with each other. Right. Let me let me uh, just say real quick, I'm going to talk to the call screen real quick. It looks like you're calling uh, a 228 number. Uh, the number I think we need to be calling is the 703 number. If... Uh, if you have that handy, 703, uh, okay, well, the one, the one that's on my screen says 347-308-8790. That's what I called. Yeah, no, 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 you're no, you're good. I was talking to the call screener. Okay, all right. He's, he's, he's doing some stuff that I can see, and I was just going to give him a, a, a quick note that uh, he needs to call the 703 number. It looks like he's calling a 228 number, but he needs to call the 703 number. I see. <clears throat> so let's well, just... you better get Larry, Larry Pratt on here, too. So. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much, uh, old God, and uh, call in any time, all right? All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Uh I don't know if uh, it's hard for me to tell. This isn't the exact, the easiest, uh, the easiest switchboard to work. But uh, I'm going to try and uh, I'll try and give this uh, this number a call because uh, we'd like to bring Mr. Pratt on the show. again because uh, <clears throat> because uh, he's agreed to come on tonight and we'd like to get him to talk about the uh, the responsibility of uh, of Americans uh, to safeguard their own uh, individual freedoms and liberties, and about the way that they can use uh, their uh, participation in gun owners of America in order to do that. So, <clears throat> uh, hopefully, uh, he'll be able to uh, to give you guys a uh, an introduction to that. Uh, 
the uh, gun owners of America uh, have been around uh, for uh, well, about uh, 36 years now, and uh, they have been working hard uh, in order to safeguard and defend the rights of gun owners all across uh, the nation, and they do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't know that there's any other organization that uh, that works as hard as this one, and uh, and we're certainly grateful that uh, that they're out there because, like I said, the uh, the Apathy Project doesn't do that, and we need other folks. Uh, we don't do that part of it. All right, we have our, our own part that we do, and we need other folks uh, to help us along with this. All right, uh, I see that uh, I see that we got him ready. So without further ado, let's uh, let's bring uh, Mr. Larry Pratt, who's the executive director of Gun Owners of America, onto the show. Mr. Pratt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate you. I know that you're extremely busy. I I've been following you for a long time now, and I know that you're uh, that you're everywhere. That you're 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 killing rats all over the, all over the nation every day, and we certainly appreciate what you do. Well, very nice of you. Thank you. Uh, what I wanted to to speak with you about tonight is <clears throat> the Appleseed Project. Uh, we have similar but uh, but different missions. You know, at the Appleseed Project, we uh, we specialize in going out and aggressively getting folks and dragging them uh, off the couches and onto the firing lines across the United States and then spinning them up with uh, with a very uh, fast-paced, hardcore two-day course in the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship and then by trying to instill in them the understanding that they have a responsibility to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords them. Now, what we don't do, because that takes us our whole two days to do that, what we don't do is is we don't talk to them a lot about the specific ways that they can do that because because there's already a lot of organizations that do that absolutely fantastically, such as the Gun Owners of America. So if you just give folks just a real quick uh, uh, your your elevator spiel of what the Gun Owners of America does for folks, and then we can fill it in. Okay. Well, for over 30 years, our main focus has been lobbying on Capitol Hill, and our objectives are to work for the day when there's no more federal gun laws in the United States, because they're all unconstitutional. Uh, None of them uh, conform to the shall-not-be-infringed part of the Second Amendment. And so uh, we also do some uh, political campaign support, primarily, again, at the federal level, because that's kind of the limit of our resources. And we have set up a foundation that uh, has done a lot of appellate litigation for important cases that look like they're going to be ones that might set a new direction, good or bad. Right, and... uh like I said, the we don't. Uh, here's what we do. We we call uh, all of the stuff that's uh, that is coming down the pike, all of the different bills and all of the different uh, the 
different uh, alerts that people send screaming into your emails every day that they don't do the research on or anything, but we call all of those things icebergs because uh, a lot of the things that are sent out, uh, and I'm not talking about from GOA, I'm talking about, uh, so I, I believe sometimes in, on purposeful disinformation campaigns, but uh, mm. stuff is sent out in order to uh, to cause a lot of anxiety or to cause folks uh, not to focus on what the real issue is. And uh, what we try and get folks to do is get them spun up at the events, and then we, what we'd like to start doing is sending them out and making sure that they are that they become members in Gun Owners of America, in NRA, in their state organizations, and get as involved as they can uh, with all of the organizations uh, that are working out there to defend the, the rights of the American citizens uh, to keep and bear arms. And you guys are doing an absolutely fantastic job about it. And what we'd like to do is, uh, uh, now we don't usually do it, we don't do it during the apple seeds because we have a prohibition against, uh, uh, you know, any kind of uh, pushing any other organizations. But afterwards, uh, I always offer folks and uh, make sure that they understand that they have a responsibility uh, to become members of an organization such as Gun Owners of America and get involved with helping you guys uh, in your mission. What's the that best way that they wonderful. can? Well, that's a, like I said, we don't. We're not going to try and reinvent the wheel. You guys already have it down. Uh, you guys have an excellent system already down. So we don't try and do that. What we say is, look, uh, now that you guys, now that you understand, you pulled your head out of the sand, uh, we've taken the remote out of your hand, and we've told you that there is a problem, now you have two options. One, you can go back and get back on the couch. You can put on these 30-minute sitcoms and live your life going from one 30-minute sitcom to the next. Or you can accept the fact that there's a problem, and that's that's the hard thing to do because if you accept the fact that there's a problem, now you have to accept that you have a responsibility to become part of the solution to the problem. And if people, if we don't give them some kind of a direction, then I think a lot of people are they are overwhelmed by what they can do or what they should do. So we'd like to direct them uh, to become members of. Uh, gun owners of America, and to uh, to subscribe to the email alerts, and to understand that uh, the best place to get the real and true information about what's going on in the nation is from the folks who are absolute professionals about it, and that is your organization. That is such a wonderful idea. It uh, would be a very easy thing, I would think, for people to just go ahead and uh, go to their computer and type in gunowners.org. And it's almost that simple, and they'll be finished in a few seconds. Well, we'd like to get folks, uh, and uh, we're going to try and do this, try and get a, a, a large majority of the folks working on doing this. And we'd also we'd also like to ask for your help in this too, because the more information that, uh, or the more times that we're out in front of people, then the more chance we are going, to, are, are going to have at dragging folks off the couch and getting them involved in this because, as I said, we're, our, our spiel is to get people spun up and get them revved up and ready to do something. And uh, so 
So we're trying to get to as many people as we can and get them involved. Now, where they go after, uh, we try and get them to become instructors, but uh, but they also have a duty to become involved uh, locally and nationally. Uh, so you're saying the best thing they can do is go straight to... Uh, Gunhunters.org. There's a, a couple of red buttons, one for signing up for the free email alerts, and the other would be to make a contribution and become a member if they're not already. Um, the, the Certainly the ease of getting the email is uh, one of the things I like best about this century, and it's certainly made lobbying uh, a lot different because we can react to things now and do things and, and inform people and have them in turn take action when in the past, if we had to get a mailing out, eh, too bad. You know, we'd just report about the uh, the thing that happened that they didn't have any part in. Well, I've told folks uh, in the Appleseed Project, and Fred from the very beginning has told folks, uh, one of the things that we do tell them to do, and we've, we've been preaching for a long time, is the 60-second letter. And that is uh, for folks to go out and have a stack of postcards, you know, with the postcards already have the stamp and everything on them, and... Whenever you hear something that uh, that you don't like, or if you or you doesn't have to be that, it could just be something that you want uh, information that you want to get to your senator or your congressman. Then you jot it down on that and you drop it in the mail right then and there. And one of the things that I like about uh, gun owners of America is you guys have taken that up uh, three or four different levels and make it extremely easy for folks to do. Uh, whenever I get an alert from you. Uh, I can click on the links to where I can go straight to a, and send a uh, a postcard to my representative straight from your email alert. Mm-hmm. That is uh, something that we have uh, enjoyed uh, tremendously, and it's something I hope other organizations will take advantage of. Uh, there is a certain expense because it's a service that uh, one has to subscribe to, but I think that's money well spent. Well, it definitely is because you're going to be paying one way or the other. If you're you're either going to be paying 45 cents a time for your stamps, or if you're going to have everything, or you know, and when you do something that way, then you got to make sure you got the stamp, and then you got to make sure you got the pen and the postcard, and then something always comes up. So it's much easier, I think, to subscribe to your uh, to your uh, alerts and to your uh, your program there, and then. When you when you read the alert, you can go straight to you can make your decision right there. I'm going to say something about this. I'm going to let it be known that I don't like this. I don't want to accept this. And you can go straight uh, in just a couple of clicks to your representative and send them that notice. Because what I tell folks is that it's very important that they make sure that their representative understands what what their needs, what their wants are, because. Nobody's doing that. I mean, the people aren't doing that, and so now the representatives a lot of times feel like they they have free reign to do what they want because nobody right. is uh, nobody's letting them know if they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. So I, I tell folks, I said you should give your you should give your representative, your senator, your congressman, the benefit of the doubt, and just say, you know what, I know that they don't know what the right thing to do is, so I will tell them, and uh, and then follow up on that and let them know. Because people also think that that their one phone call, their one letter, doesn't mean anything when it's the absolute opposite. 
You know, they because America is so uh, overrun with apathy that people won't do anything that they actually have uh, they they actually have programs, I guess, to figure out that if they receive ten calls, that means that there are actually X number of folks who feel that way. Right, and uh, that um, again to emphasize, it's it's all free to our members, and it's really easy here after your first time through when your particulars are noted down and we have to have an address and a zip code in order to uh, correctly identify the representative in congress because sometimes even being on the other side of the street puts you in another district Uh, but once you've gone through that the second time on is probably assuming you just speed read the letter maybe 15 seconds Right, right, and your your site also has a great many other uh, uh, a great many other great uh, opportunities there. Number one, you can if you want information about uh, what's going on in the nation as far as uh, legislatively, or even uh, even just stories uh, about what's going on, uh, uh, you know, immediately in the area. Uh, such as uh, today, you had the you mentioned the Boswell shooting, uh, which I think is a great uh, a great example of what's going on in our nation. You know, you've got a uh, uh, one of the uh, our representatives who is voting against uh, gun ownership, uh, and and yet that very same ability to have a firearm in his home is what appears to have saved him. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, a little uh, delicious hypocrisy there. Uh <laughs> but uh, oh well, uh that's what happens when you live in the public uh, eye. <laughs> so I right. don't have, he hasn't been applying that I know of yet for a gun owner's membership or even our alert. So <laughs> I, I think his thinking has uh, not been changed that much. Well, you also have uh uh, and it took me a little while, I guess, uh, and this was uh, when I started was several years ago. It took me a little while to figure it out. But you also have the Legislative Action Center, which uh, means folks can uh, can go onto the website, and on the tab that says Take Action, uh, you can get uh, a drop-down menu, and you'll say Legislative Action Center, and that will allow you to access uh, your legislators and it will. Uh, there were also areas on there for you to uh, access the media, because uh, I've used your system before to to send out media alerts uh, about different uh, uh, events and things like that. And it was just a, a fantastic opportunity uh, for folks when you become a Gun Owners of America member. And, and if you dig around in that uh, action center a little more. You can come up with the voting records and the, and the grade that we've assigned to these folks, and uh, based on the votes that we list below uh, their names. And so uh, you can find out an awful lot about your own members of Congress uh, by just poking around there and seeing what all they what all they've been doing. Yes, and that's a great point because. Uh, there are a lot of times that that if you haven't stayed with somebody from their inception to to their uh, for them to begin to 
to become your representative, then you may not know their history. And a lot of times, I'm telling you, you listen to a politician talking today, and uh, it's uh, it's like a shell game. Uh, you may not know, you may not have any idea what their stance is on something. So if you want to find out, you can go to the Gun Owners of America website. You can do the research there, and it's very easy to do, uh, and they'll guide you through it. You can find out what exactly his history has been, what this person has up their sleeve, and how they've voted. Because they can talk. Uh, there have been several cases where, uh, where the person I was getting ready to vote for talked a really good talk until I looked at their voting record. And I saw that they had voted... Uh, and these are people, these were, uh, Appleseed doesn't have anything to do with politics, so I don't, I don't ever discuss that, but they, they might have had a different uh, letter in front of their name than what you would expect. And uh, just because somebody has uh, one letter instead of the other doesn't mean they're your best bet to be right. a representative for you. And the most flagrant example of what you're talking about uh, occurred a few years ago when Senator Charles Schumer of New York uh, a very dedicated anti-Second Amendment senator said, I believe in the Second Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I believe now, I, I seem to remember you, you uh, speaking him direct to him directly about that. Didn't you, uh, didn't you have a debate with uh, Senator Schumer? Um, it, it seems I like I remember have, that. But I, and it could have been Quite, it would have been when he was in the House of Representatives, um, and I'd have to think for a while, and there'd be a lot of dead air time uh, trying to recall exactly. It well, was probably testimony before uh, a committee that he chaired. Uh, he was a real stinker. Yes, and I know that you that you do spend a great deal of time doing that because you have a record of uh, of doing debates with uh, the anti-gun. Uh, folks, and you do a we've great job some, of it. We've got some of them uh, on the website. There's a there's a video archive, and uh, I think one of the ones I enjoyed the most was uh, last year uh, after the big April 19 rally, where when I spoke at it, I had said that, look, this is a, a fight to the end because the other side that we're fighting are socialists, and because of that. It's not just our guns they want. They want our property, our bank accounts, our children. They want everything. That's what socialists do. Well, that blew Chris Matthews's head up, and I was on crossfire later that day. And uh, <laughs> he took issue with this, and he started to try to sh a line of questions to show that surely I had used the term hyperbolically. And he said, well, was... Teddy Roosevelt, a, a socialist? I said, well, when he c came out for uh, national health care, yeah. And uh, so we went through the presidents that way. I don't think he stopped with Roosevelt because I, I think he might have suspected that that was too easy. Uh, but yeah. we went right up to Bush, and uh, I said, well, look, when Bush said that he had to uh, use a little socialism to save capitalism, I said, that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. So I was not being partisan at all, uh, even though I'll tell you I voted for Bush because I, I was a little concerned about <laughs> the other side. But yeah. uh, but I, I had my eyes open, and I had my fingers over my nose. So uh, 
that uh, that got him so stirred up that finally I said, "Well, look, Chris, you know you know what socialists are because you are one," and, and he he just couldn't take that. Uh, and I, I said, "Well, look, why don't you just chill out about it because you're with a lot of good company and you, you just you know admit what you are." And um, then the next week he called for the nationalization of the oil companies. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, the problem is I think a lot of times these folks don't understand. I don't, I, I'm don't. i not saying that they are ignorant, because a lot of the folks are very, very intelligent. They're very smart. I just don't think that they understand that what they're doing uh, is a socialist uh, idea or that, they're, they're, that they are actually advocating a socialist platform. I, I, I won't say that in all cases, because I, I believe that there is – that that is the agenda for some of them. But I think a lot of folks just really don't understand that. I don't think for some reason they've been able to make the jump. I read a very interesting book. In fact, I interviewed the author just recently. It'll be uh, run a few Saturdays from now, I think. Uh, Brian Ance Patrick is a professor at the University of Toledo, and he's written a book called The Rise of the Anti-Media, meaning primarily what you and I are doing right now and the blogosphere and how it has uh, informed uh, what he calls a horizontal uh, interpretive community, namely a community of people that are very intensely motivated, are knowledgeable about that subject that motivates them. And it is by the use of this anti-media first with newsletters and direct mail and some talk radio, and now it's it's ramping up quite a bit. Uh, we've seen the concealed carry movement in particular stir up these these horizontal communities, and we have been using uh, this anti-media to the point that even if you take today a public opinion survey and you ask some stupid question like, uh, do we have enough gun control, or maybe even more stupid, should we have more gun control? Well, most people you ask that haven't got the foggiest idea what the existing situation is. But they don't want to appear to be ignorant, and so they give an answer, yes or no, uh, even though either one of those answers may well be uh, totally ignorant. That opinion lasts as long as the question was being asked. And then they just go back to being an audience as opposed to a community. And that audience is communicated to primarily via the the Democrat media, the so-called mainline media. Uh, But it doesn't develop um, all that often deep-set opinions. We's the ones that got the the tough opinions, and we're the ones that push things legislatively because the audience – doesn't care to go to the state capitol or the national capitol and push and push and push and push until they say, okay, okay, already, stop bothering me. And that's what we are willing to do, and that's what we have been doing, and that's why in spite of what we are told is public opinion about, why I don't think somebody should just be walking around with a concealed gun without a permit. People have to be uh, vetted, you know. Uh, and yet in four states, now we have it, and I think this is the n- next fight 
in the, for the next horizon for the concealed carry movement, along with carry uh, in university, well, in any school campus. Uh, and I think it'll take time. Uh, it'll it'll almost certainly be years, and it'll be a fight that we're fighting here in Congress. That we're pushing uh, to get a concealed carry national bill introduced, and uh, we uh, we know that it's going on state by state. And uh, I think the time is going to come when uh, uh, we're going to see these things happen, and it's because we are the ones that are willing to roll up our sleeves and go and take care of business while our opponents, they they don't have, you know, the NRA is huge, and we've got 300,000 members. I don't think they've got two members to have a dance uh, at Handgun Control Incorporated. It's all foundation money, primarily the Joyce Foundation and some other Soros. Um, right. And, and that's it. So it buys an executive director, uh, an administrative assistant, and a secretary, and the office, and that's it. That's the anti-gun movement, right? And you and you brought up a great point when you were talking about that about the the mainstream media and the bias that they show, and they've lost so much credibility now that they're immediately uh, the they're immediately seen through in almost every case that they when they put a story on. Uh, just this by evening, the folks who are watching it. Just this evening, I was reading that the Washington Post, my hometown paper, um, which I have not subscribed to for years, is now closing six of their, uh, what's the right word, local bureaus in the Maryland, Virginia area. Uh, that uh, it tells you all that you need to know about which way the media is going. And that's one of our probably two, the, the, the number two, leading paper in the country. Same thing's happening at the New York Times and uh, newspapers generally all across the country. But uh, it's, it's I think, uh, uh, going to be very helpful that uh, the mass audience will either be totally uninformed, but at least not as misinformed, or they'll begin to develop uh, some habits of looking for information themselves. And who knows, they might say, I didn't know this was happening. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, I know that from giving whenever uh, I've done uh, several interviews with the uh, the mainstream uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, and uh, you know each time an apple seed is just it's just a rifle marksmanship American Heritage Organization, and yet almost uh, almost every time. We know what you're uh, they, trying to do. You're trying to set up a militia movement. That's it. They started off. They didn't even start off the interview with me. They started off with the uh, the local uh, anti defamation league uh, folks, or uh, or somebody like that, saying, "Well, at, we don't believe they're a threat to the nation at this time." However, <laughs> <laughs> but anybody that watches it watched it. I mean, when they started when they started talking to the. Uh, to the two grandmothers that were on the line shooting, it was kind of hard to keep pushing that because they were just sweet ladies there who were interested in learning how to uh, how to shoot rifles. So uh, everybody was seeing through that, no matter how hard they tried. And uh, and I want to tell I, folks again. Now we may lose uh, the actual live feed, but we can go on. Uh, we can go on a few minutes after that because I I wanted to let folks know that. Uh, so if we lose you guys in live in just a few minutes, you'll be able to listen to the show in podcast or archive. But 
I just wanted to let folks again know that if you're looking for if you're if you have a wonder about who you need to vote for uh, and why uh, if you're looking for the different things uh, to make your decision and it should that's how you should make your decision is by doing research not by voting uh, by a straight uh, party ticket or anything else you can go to the Gun Owners of America website and you go to their uh, their legis- legislative action center. And one of the things I think is great is you guys don't even list the uh, representatives, the senators, or the congressmen by their uh, party affiliation. You just have them listed, and then their their rating beside them. That's that's the ticket. You, you know, uh, I, I I don't know how much time we've got. Uh, I, well, how does we, we that gun owners? We've got plenty of time. dot org is the place to to get that information, as you've been kind enough to mention previously. Um, the the way that the uh, the, the liberal generally the anti gunner uh, th- thinks uh, was sh- so clear in the case of the uh, father that saved his little kids from a mama grizzly that had come into their yard up in northern Idaho and he killed this thing well it's on the endangered species what does the federal prosecutor do? brings charges against him for violating the, the Endangered Species Act when it obviously the guy wasn't poaching, and that was a life-or-death situation. And so what you hear these anti-gunners, these socialists saying is that endangered species is more important than your two little babies. Exactly. Exactly. Hor- horrible. Well, I'd like to, I'd like to thank you. Uh, Mr. Pratt, for the many years that you have devoted uh, of your life uh, in defense of the Second Amendment and uh, the gun owners' rights, because in, in, in your defense of that and the organization's defense of the Second Amendment, all the rest are being protected. And uh, you guys have a, a tremendously effective uh, presence in the nation, and uh, and we're going to continue to push membership in your organization. And I don't know if we, if it would it be possible for us to to somehow get a uh, a link on your site, or oh yeah, uh, you've got my email. I think just uh, mm-hmm. uh, send me that link, and uh, I'll uh, ask the webmaster to uh, to do that. All right, and then. Uh, uh, and then we'll go ahead and continue, as I said, we'll continue at the end of the event uh, to put out uh, Gun Owners of America and uh, to ask folks to please become more involved, to please uh, to take the next step in uh, securing their individual freedoms and liberties. Because I try and explain to the folks, and I've told the folks on the radio show about this, and I tell the folks at every single event that I run, that the president... The senators, the congressmen, the all the alphabet acronym agencies—that is not the government, because that's what they think. That's what people think now, and it's it's being completely reversed. They are being led to believe and conditioned to believe that uh, that they are to go on bended knee to their representatives and ask for a boon, and uh, if it's uh, something that the representative wants, and he may uh, grant it for them. When it's the exact opposite, the government, the actual government, is is stated very clearly 
uh, in the Constitution, we the people of these United States. Here, and that, here. that man that they're talking about is just the person who is supposed to represent them. And An the only employee. Way they're gonna, right, a servant, a civil servant of, of the public. The only way they're going to get the things they need is to become engaged and become an active member of the government. So we're going to send them to you and to your websites, and uh, if you'll help us get the word out, then we would sure appreciate that, Mr. Pratt. Absolutely. I'm just delighted that we might be able to work this way, and if we haven't already, we'll uh, be happy to send whatever quantity of uh, brochures describing GOA that uh, you might want to start with. Oh, that would be great. We're, uh, I don't know how much you know about the, pro- the project, but uh, you know, we started out just a few years ago, and we thought that we would, uh, we would try and, and get 1,000 people to go to, through the, the program. And we, we thought that was setting our sights way too high. And uh, bang, we did it. And then we said, all right, well, let's double it. And we did uh, 2,000 the next year, and we continue to double. Now this year we're on 50,000. Marvelous, and and we're looking at I believe at 2016 to shake the hand of the one millionth uh, apple cedar. So we we've got a mission and we're running it uh, to the best of our ability. And and one of the other thing that we preach is that uh, we're there's no way we're going to do it alone. We've got to hook up with and make alliances with all of the organizations that are already in place, uh, folks such as yourself and and the NRA, and their, all their state rifle associations, and then we're all going to have to be standing shoulder to shoulder uh, in order to make sure that we present uh, an unbreakable front. So we'll be glad to work with you, and I want to thank you again for, for giving the time. Like I said, I know that you, I know that you are doing this uh, many hours a day, and I certainly appreciate uh, you giving us the time this evening, sir. You are very welcome. Thank you. All right. And uh, God bless you and uh, and yours and uh, our best wishes uh, for the continuing of the Gun Owners of America organization. And like I said, we'll be doing everything that we can to help. And uh, I'll contact you in uh, in the next day or so to to see if there's uh, additional ways that we can help each other. Well, thanks again. That's just great. All right. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, you good have night. a good evening. You too. Bye. All right. Well, I want to thank. Uh, everybody for listening and i want to thank uh uh i want to thank all of the folks that uh, tuned in tonight and i want to thank the call screener who always uh, does a fantastic job but i wouldn't be able to do the show without him and uh, <clears throat> and we will uh, work with getting uh, together with uh, gun owners of america they said that they would uh, send us out uh uh, information that we can distribute at the end of the events and uh, that uh, he would put a listing up for the uh, for Appleseed on their site. Uh, all right, remember that we have uh, in the uh, the uh, upcoming weeks we have uh, Dr. Fisher, uh, the author of Paul Revere's Ride. He'll be coming on the show to talk about uh, uh, another of his books, uh, Washington's Crossing. Uh, and we'd also like you guys to take a look at the upcoming schedules and make sure that you are plugged in uh, to instruct uh, or to uh, uh, to help with admin, etc. 
at any of the upcoming events that you guys are plugged in, that you're, that you're watching the schedules and you're staying plugged in, and that uh, each one of you are working to do your best uh, to contribute at least five minutes a week toward uh, promotions uh, of the uh, Apple Feed program and uh, our events. All right, we want to th- once again, we want to thank everybody for uh, calling in this evening, and we want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, we will see you uh, this next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. All right, thank you, and good night. <laughs>